It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. With loads of questions coming in, we'll keep our fingers crossed and get through as many of them as we can. Peter Dowdle, theirishgardener.com, uh, joining me on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. Well, I was looking at you on your uh, on your Facebook page. You're doing consultations now. People can contact you. I am. I'm doing them online. So uh, there's a, there's only a finite well there's only a finite amount you can get to online as well. But there's only a finite amount you can get to um uh, in person to see the gardens. So a lot of people had asked had been asking would I do online consultations. So so I am. I'm doing it now. So that's like if you want advice on your garden, particularly in terms of design. And you want to know where to start. Uh, so not everybody wants to go to the expense or maybe it doesn't warrant the expense of a full blown design. So maybe a chat through would be enough or maybe it's the first step in the design process. Or even if, if people want to ring and we put away an hour and we kind of go through any questions they have in their existing garden. Well so done. you can well find done. out all about it anyway on the, the irishgardener.com. You'll see us. OK, OK, good luck with that. OK, let's get straight into questions. Anne in Fomoy was on uh, and wants to know, I've never heard of these before. She wants to know, can she divide Noreen's bulbs? What are, what are Noreen's? Uh, Ne- nearly noreens they're not noreens they're nereens I imagine nereens, okay. so you you do know them I'm sure you know them Trish they're a lovely pink flowering bulb 
Uh, they flower, they're lovely because they flower kind of at the end of the summer, really, into the autumn. They've been flower right into December. Um, so, what was sorry with all that? What was she asking? Can you divide uh, when, them? When, yeah, can she divide them? Yes, she can. That is, that's how we kind of propagate all bulbs is by dividing. So in the same way that you would with daffodils or anything like that, you'd uh, d- divide the nerines. So you'd lift them. Where are we now? March. Yeah, I'd lift them at this time of the year. Or sorry, we're February. I'm a month ahead of myself. Lift lift them at this time of the year. Um, uh, and you could plant them out again straight away. Actually, you don't need to leave them out of the ground. Just divide them and replant them. But yeah, you could do that. Absolutely. And it's a great way of bulking up the numbers. OK, that was Samantha and Fomoy, who also wants to know. And there's a couple of people asking the same question. The best time to put down lawn gold. The the lawn gold works. Uh, as a soil, I think it's from memory. The soil temperature has to be nine or ten degrees. Now, it's probably not far off that at the moment. But normally the advice would be to wait till early March. So I would give it another few weeks and... Uh, at the same time, because nature, you know, it doesn't behave itself all the time. So do pay attention to the to the temperature. But if it's if it's a good warm March, then you should be fine from March on. Absolutely. Hi, Peter. I am rewilding my lawn again this year. Any advice before the season starts? I just cut the pathways through it last year and I set a patch of wild flowers in a patch of soil in the middle. And then I strimmed and removed the grass early in October. What do I need to be doing this year? Do you know what? If you're just rewilding, uh, Trish, it, it less is more. You do, do nothing. Let it go wild. Let let nature take over and let nature see what species she's going to throw up. So it, it really is a case of, of less is more. Strim the paths, absolutely. If you want to, to pass through it, cut them. Um, cutting it down in, in October was great. And ideally, when you cut them, the, the, when you strim it, if you like, in, in September, October, ideally, you'd leave those trimmings on the on the ground just for a few weeks so the seeds can go back into the soil and then remove them. So I'm not sure if she did or not, um, but whether or which, it's not the end of the world. Uh, but really, yeah, if you put wildflower seed in there, but even if you just stop cutting it, and this applies to every grass area, if we just stop cutting it, uh, you'd be amazed to see uh, what species are in there. Okay, Mike in Bantry has something I think is it is it pronounced ecumen? It got burnt during ecumen. It got burnt during the last frost. Will it recover? Or Mike says, will I just get a new plant altogether? You know, it's that that is one of time will tell, Trish. So, so echiums are native to South Africa. They they're a stunning plant. They are hardy in Ireland to a degree. So. Uh, when they do get hit with the frost, it really is a question of wait and see. Like they do, they will go quite brown and nearly black from the frost. Um, but I, I can't say, unfortunately. Now, the only thing is that we didn't really, we did have a cold spell. We had a couple of cold spells this winter so far. It's not over yet, of course. Um, uh, so, but they weren't prolonged. So like most plants can cope with very low temperatures if it's just for a day or two. But if it, the damage occurs, if it's for longer than that. So I would keep my fingers crossed. I'd be quite optimistic that it should be OK. But honestly, I, I, there's not a way of knowing on, until the wait and see if it comes back or not, comes back into growth or it's not. Back to the patience of a gardener. And yeah, uh, yeah. Helena says, hi, question for Peter, please. Is it too late to trim back bushes like red robin and zalias and other bushes because they've started to grow again? No, it's not too late. They have started to grow because it is mild. It is quite mild for the time of the year. Uh, So you're sacrificing a small bit of the growth. So it's kind of a balancing act at this time of the year, Trish, because when you cut them back, you're promoting more new growth. And then if we do get a frost, which is very, very likely still in in February and March, uh, that new growth is, is susceptible to, it's very tender. So it's going to be vulnerable to frost damage. But I wouldn't be too worried about that because frost damage, you know, at this end of the year coming into the spring should be quite superficial. 
So I would err on the side of cutting it back. You're certainly not too late. Um, and then, of course, from later on in March onwards, it's, it's illegal to cut back hedgerows and things like that anyway because of wildlife nesting. So I would get it cut back any time between now and the end of February. Hi, Peter. I'm planting a bare root hedge at the moment. Hawthorn, crabapple, hazel, etc. Many of the plants are over two feet high when planted. Should I cut them back? Also, do they need to be supported by stakes and are they in danger from rabbits? Because rabbits are very plentiful where I live. Thanking you very much. Yes, yes and yes are the three <laughs> short answers there, unfortunately. It sounds gorgeous. I love a mixed a mixed native species hedge. Really, really lovely. Uh, and in fact, I'm designing a garden for a lady down in the, the wilds of County Kerry at the moment. And I'm just going through a plant list for her. Uh, and it really is a, a beautiful rural situation. And we're putting in a couple of um, of uh, mixed species hedge there. And I, I can't wait to see it when it's established. But anyway, um, so the, the first question, should I prune them back a bit? I kind of... I probably would, yes, to give the just encourage them to push out from down lower from a young age, right? So yes, is the answer to that. Should they be staked? If they're vulnerable to, if it's windy, if it's an exposed site, I would say probably yes. Now, if you're planting an awful lot of them, you can't obviously stake, well, you could, but it's an awful lot of work to stake every single individual plant. So what you might do is is put a, a couple of stakes solidly into the ground. And I mean solid, because you don't want any movement or you're wasting your time. So put them solidly into the ground, let's say every few metres, run a few lengths of wire, maybe at 30 centimetres and 50 centimetres and, and maybe 70 or 80 centimetres, and then tie the hedges to tie the hedging plants to the wire, if you know what I mean. Uh, so that's one way of supporting it. Are they vulnerable to, to rabbit damage? I'm afraid the answer to that is also yes. So what you could do there is you could uh, water the, the hedge plants with the thing called grazers, which is basically a formulation of calcium, uh, which makes them totally unpalatable to rabbits. Now, it's not uh, it's not magic. You don't just put it on once uh, and it'll work. You do need to apply it a few times over a few weeks and let the plant build up its calcium levels. And that makes it totally unpalatable. Very effective in terms of rabbit defense, but it does take a, a bit of time. Uh, the most important thing then, of course, is after that, is now it feels crazy that I'm saying it after we've had five of the wettest months in my memory, but they will need an awful lot of water during this spring and summer. So if we hopefully get a dry summer, you will have to pay attention to watering them. Okay, listeners getting all excited for next June because our daughter's getting married. Well, Peter, what could you suggest? What flowers, be they wild or otherwise, that I can grow for June? Daughter getting married and she wants lots of flowers. So I'm assuming she wants loads of colour in the garden for the photographs. Yeah, I wonder, you might be as well off to, to, to get bedding plants, summer bedding, which will be in full flower in June. You know, without seeing the garden, it's hard to say. So whether we're looking at shrubs or perennials or, or, or bedding. And I think the biggest, the best thing uh, to give impact, and I mean quick impact, like so if you want to plant them, well, not now, it's too early. But if you want a real mass of colour for June, you probably can't look further than be- summer bedding plants. So depending on what colour scheme you want and what, what which ones you like, but you could look at things like petunias, lobelia, antirhinums, uh, depending, there's loads, into the garden centre in early May, late April even, uh, and fill up with bedding plants. And that's what's going to give you the best bang for the buck by, by June. Anna has a, a number of lovely cyclamen plants in pots. She's had them since Christmas. They've all been indoors until now. And she said, actually, they're still flowering. Advice, please, on what to do with them now. Well, depending on which ones they are, they, 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 they could be an indoor variety. So 
the cyclamens that we use for bedding plants, if you like, the kind of Christmas and winter bedding plant cyclamens, uh, I'm going from memory now, but I'm fairly sure the species is Persicum, Cyclamen pers persica, I think. Um, and it's not really hardy in the Irish climate. Uh, it is in the countries where it's native to. It's native, I think, to the, the wildflower, the, the rainforest of Madagascar, believe it or not. And I believe they're stunning. I've never been, but I believe they're stunning in the, in the wild. Um, but they're not hardy over here. So, and then you have the bigger flowering and the bigger leaf ones, which tend to be the ones that we grow as houseplants uh, over winter. And they're certainly not hardy. So I would say that which the, the cyclamens you have aren't going to, to tolerate our, our outdoors, I'm afraid. So I would keep them growing as a houseplant. And if they're still flowering and still doing well indoors, you don't need much advice from me. You're doing it right. Um, or on the side of underwatering, they will droop if they get too dry and they'll have plenty of time to, 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 to recover. So err on the side of underwatering and keep them somewhere kind of with a good amount of sunlight, but it doesn't have to be direct sunlight. OK, and Anna also wants to know f uh, about fruit bushes and apple trees. Do you feed them now? Is now the time of the year to do it? Possibly still a bit early, but um, but uh, it, it, on saying that, it's not it's not the end of the world if you do it now you really want to feed them at time of bud burst which is when the which we're close to now of course it varies every year but but bud burst is not when the flowers come out but it's when the leaves emerge from the dormant buds it's that fabulous time of the year trish when when you can kind of feel the energy yeah. and the life coming back into the landscape that's when you start feeding them uh, and i would be feeding them the fruit bushes and things like that with a sulfate of potash or any good kind of organic high potassium food even your own homemade compost or, or a worm tea. If you have a worm compost or the liquid that comes off it, feed them with that uh, or something like sulfate of potash to promote blooming and then obviously to promote fruiting afterwards. I cannot believe that's called worm tea, that water that comes off of <laughs> You do like your worms, Ugh. don't you? Uh, hi, uh, <laughs> hi, Peter. Is it okay to cut back hydrangea now and to prune roses? Yes and yes, quite simple. Yeah, the the, the hydrangeas, uh, the, the new leaves, I see them on my own hydrangeas, the new leaves are already coming out uh, on some of them. So yeah, I would cut them back now. Uh, and roses, absolutely. Anytime between now and the end of February, cut them back quite hard. Uh, Margaret has flocks and they're covered in moss. Do I have to remove the moss or can I feed it to outgrow the moss? And will that, and will that kill the moss off? Or what will when kill she the moss says off? When she says flocks, flocks is a herbaceous perennial, Trish. So what that means is um, it, it, herbaceous is a term that just means it dies back under the ground for the winter. So I'm wondering if we got the right plant because it's all, like you wouldn't see the flocks at this time of the year. Yeah. So if there's moss, if there's moss growing kind of around the, the, the crown of the plant, if you like, around soil level, it should be fine, but it'd probably be no harm just to even just, I wouldn't spray it or feed it or anything like that. I would just go out and with, with my hand, I would just physically remove a bit of the moss. You don't need to remove every last bit of it, but just remove a bit of it just to allow those buds to emerge from under the soil again. But I'd say if it is flocks and if that's what the problem is, that it's moss on top of it at the soil surface, I wouldn't be too worried. May just move some of it physically, as I say. Okay, and advice to train a rose for a trellis. Trying to grow a, a rose for a trellis on a wall this year. Do I not prune it back or what do I do? You do prune it back, but without going into too much detail because we'd be here for quite a while. So it, it, try and just identify, let's say, three main stems of the rose. And so a, a, a healthy climbing rose could have loads and loads of stems. So you want to, uh, less is more here. You want to identify, let's say, about three main stems and obviously go with the ones closest to the wall so you're not tying them in a few feet. So identify three that are going in different directions. Ideally, if you like, one left, one right, and one straight ahead. Um, tie them to the trellis. 
And then every year, all the growth that's coming off those three main stems uh, cut them back at this time of the year, in fact, cut them back to about an inch or two from the main stem, if you know what I'm trying to say. Um, and and the, 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 the try and get as much air circulating. No, it's not going to be hugely possible with a climbing rose, but try and get as much air circulating and as li little congestion and crossing branches as you can. So identify your main branches, uh, tie them to the trellis and the side shoots that are coming off it cut them back to about an inch or two of the main stem okay. and you should be okay. Okay, we leave it there. Listen, we'll talk to you again next Wednesday. Peter, thank you for that and have a lovely week. Andrew, look forward to it. Thanks, Take Trish. care. That is Peter Dowdell of the IrishGardener.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.